following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. The BNN Live Studios in Eggleston Square, where tonight we're also being simulcast on our sister radio station, uh, WBCA 102.9 FM. Tonight, a two-part show, all politics, as is our usual want. In the first half, we're going to catch up with an old friend, uh, now working in the dreaded private sector after uh, several terms on the Boston City Council. We're talking about the former District 6 City Councilor, Matt O'Malley, joins us. Then on the second half, the Brothers Worrell. That's right, uh, two brothers, both of them, now holding elective office, Brian on the Boston City Council and Chris at the State House as a state rep. And we'll talk with them about what it's like uh, working with each other and uh, working uh, to uh, build a better community in their districts. All that and more tonight on Talk of the Neighborhoods. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with Talk of the Neighborhoods. I'm Joe Heisler, your host. Tonight, a two-part show, and in this first half, I'm pleased to have joining me an old friend. Uh, it's been a while since he's been back. Well, not that long, but uh, uh, just now out of the public eye, working in the dreaded private sector, uh, former District 6 Boston City Councilor and old friend as well, Matt O'Malley joins us. Nice to have you here, Matt. Always great to yeah, be with you, Joe. Nice to this, see you This here. marks uh, 21 years since I first did your show. It was I, 2003 I, I, Isn't was my that first something? Time, my God, so. I'm glad you uh, know the date. I can't keep track. We were both but, teenagers at the time, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But uh, yes, you know, uh, well, and that raises an interesting point about, uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, Congratulations on on you know where you're at now. Uh, you're now the chief sustainability officer with Vicinity Energy. I That's think right. I, I think I have you that got right. That right on the money. Yeah. And uh, uh, but how is it in the uh, dreaded private sector? I mean, you uh, <laughs> and uh, you know you raise a good point because I mean you were 
uh, raised on politics was, yeah. and uh, from a young age. We, we probably first met at the old Truman Rally in, uh, in West Roxbury a hundred years ago. Probably, um, you know, I think yeah. uh, working for Peggy Davis Mullen That's maybe right. were. That's right, in high school, that was yeah. my first internship. Yeah. <laughs> I was 15 years old, I didn't own a tie, so I had to wear the tie that Roach Brothers gave me for bagging groceries <laughs> into City Hall. But it, it proves how great this city is, yep. that the office and the phone number that I used to answer as a 15, 16 year old intern um, became mine 15 years later when well, I was a, a when, freshman city councilor. You so. were a city councilor. Yeah, so it's great. I loved every minute of public service. I know you um, did, good. And I, I am loving everything of what I'm doing now. It is anything but dreaded. Um, working with an incredibly talented team mm -hmm. of colleagues at Vicinity Energy, we are transforming district energy. Uh, we are leading the way yeah, on decarbonization. Tell us, tell, tell us more about that, yeah. because I, 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 all I saw is I, steam. I yeah. think I saw steam. steam. <laughs> We're going steam. Full, full steam ahead on decarbonizing some great cities. So right. vicinity is the nation's largest district energy system. We are in 12 US cities. Our, our biggest is technically Philadelphia, but our corporate office is in huh. Boston and Cambridge. Huh. Um, and we provide thermal energy through uh, underground uh, dis district network, district huh. energy system. There's a huh. centralized plant which creates thermal energy through about 27 miles of pipe throughout Boston and Cambridge. We wow. serve large buildings and we are changing how we create that steam. Um, district energy has been around for you know uh, centuries, actually millennia. You could go back to the Probably, origins yeah. of, yeah. of the yeah. Roman time with uh, with aqueducts oh, wow, and how wow, they they, wow. they transmitted some energy. Yeah. In the modern era, it was originally a coal-fired uh, uh, boiler that would create steam and through pipes. Uh, then it transitioned into oil, natural gas, cogeneration. Um, and what we're doing now is we're electrifying our operations. So hmm. it's a three-pronged approach with an electric boiler. The most exciting thing to me is we are installing a mammoth uh, heat pump complex, an industrial heat pump complex, uh, about 40 megawatts, which will create steam, um, leveraging energy from the Charles River. The Charles River, which, you know, growing yeah, up yeah, for us was yeah. seen as the punchline of a joke, will soon be a renewable energy source. Um, and we're leading the way. And, and what, what's, we're leading the way in the U.S. What's the most gratifying thing about this role is um, we're not inventing the wheel. This is energy that has been proven. It's used all over Europe, great European cities, which are leading yep. in sustainability. Um, and we're pioneering here in the United States. And we've had folks from other district energy systems visit us. They are emulating what we're doing. Hmm. Um, and it's just gratifying to be able to deal with the existential threat of our time, climate change, in a say. meaningful way, yeah. I think it dovetails nicely on yeah. the work that I was able to be a part of um, while in city government. Well, I was going to say you were involved in a lot of uh, you know environmental yeah. issues, and uh, it's a natural fit for you, I'm, I'm sure. And and like, how many customers, for instance, does uh, the city serve, say, in Boston, Cambridge? Yeah, so we do. It's about seventy plus million square feet of buildings. So we have you know your yeah. Mass Generals, yeah. your Prudentials, the large scale thing, uh -huh. the, the number of customers. Customers is probably you know between 250 and 300, but it's talking about 70 million plus square feet of buildings that we could help decarbonize um, almost instantly. And I think when we talk about aggressive climate goals that that Mayor Wu has very passionately articulated, yeah. that Governor Healy yeah. has very passionately yeah. articulated, we are one very significant solution on how we can begin addressing that. And greenhouse gas emissions in cities primarily come from buildings. It's about two-thirds of all greenhouse gas really? emissions come That's from buildings. So we're going to play a significant role uh, in lowering those. Well, and, and talk a little bit about that, because I know, uh, you know, uh, you, don't, you, you see these, the polling that's done uh, around, a, a lot of it around uh, political races, you know, yeah. elected races. And 
Uh, a lot of, uh, especially young voters, are really very disillusioned because they, they feel like uh, climate change isn't getting yeah. the attention that, and you know, perhaps rightfully so, yeah. because to, you know, maybe 20, 30 years down the road, it's a catastrophe if yeah. something isn't done, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, has it, because of all the other things going on these days, has it kind of gotten pushed to the side at all? I wouldn't say so. I, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a good question because we have seen a seismic shift in how environmental issues are viewed politically. Mm -hmm. When I was first elected, I had the audacity to broach the idea of doing a plastic bag ban in the city yeah, of Boston. Yeah, so, and yes, I, I remember Tom Menino yeah. essentially hanging up the phone when I, when I mentioned it to him, the, mayor, the legendary late great mayor of the time, who was actually quite, quite uh, accomplished on environmental initiatives. Um, couldn't get a hearing, couldn't get anyone interested in talking yeah. about it. Fast forward just six years later, I worked with now Mayor Wu, then Councilor, on getting mm -hmm. it done. It was a unanimous vote of the city. And it's, there was some clear political pushback. I mm -hmm. still hear from folks who um, yeah. you know, <laughs> might use colorful well, adjectives when the paper bag my uh, disintegrates, yeah. they go, Matt O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by and large, people can see the benefits. Yeah. You don't see plastic bags clogging storm drains anymore. You don't see them caught in, in trees to the same yeah. extent that you did yeah. before. So that's just one example where people, I think, by and large, recognize that we need to take action, and it, and it might have some growing pains, but mm -hmm. it's ultimately worth it. Um, to your larger question, are there other things not more important that, that more front of mind with folks? I don't think so. I think a lot of younger people recognize that there's a number of issues we should be working on. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to climate, um, we have a very narrow window to get it right. right. And it needs to be not just government coming down with edicts. It, doesn't, it can't be just businesses doing it of their own volition. It really has to be a partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's been great about vicinity is that mm -hmm. we, you know, our CEO, Bill DeCrose, our deputy CEO, Kevin Haggerty, and our team, we are focused on this and how we can work well, mm -hmm. not only in Boston and Cambridge, yeah. but we're doing this in Philadelphia, we're doing this in Baltimore right. and in other how, cities. How, how narrow, just for people that you know, you know, may not know, how narrow is that window? How? Uh, I, mean, I, th I think we're gonna have to see major action by the end of this decade, yeah. truly, like yeah. significant major action. We're tackling one piece of it. It has to be other in terms of how we build out our renewable portfolio, and we've all seen news stories about some hiccups with offshore wind, that is gonna be absolutely crucial. We need to get that right. Um, we need to work collaboratively. We need to make sure, the, you know, uh, thankfully when President Biden re-entered the Paris Climate Accords, we need to be working so it's just not one city or one state or one country collaboratively. And there's a whole host of issues. There's a, um, I think skepticism on climate change has really ebbed, which has helped us. I was gonna, just going to say, I, you know, I think most people, uh, well, after a they few uh, freak storms and yeah. occurrences, people go, mm, well, you know, if they were skeptics before, then there's something going on. Yeah, you know, no. clearly, you know, the, it, it, and and we no longer have the um, luxury to say we need to fix this for our kids and grandkids. Mm -hmm. We need to fix it now. We're seeing the effects of climate change. We're seeing what it can do to cities. So. There's an understanding, there's a broad-based acceptance, and it's just working together, the private sector, the public sector, nonprofits, mm -hmm. issue advocacy groups, and we're seeing more commonality there than mm -hmm. I think we've ever seen in my lifetime. You, you mentioned, of course, uh, Mayor Wu and, and, of course, Governor Healy. I, 
tell us, I mean, how uh, their plans uh, going forward, do, are they aggressive enough in your opinion? Oh, I think so. I think we are seeing leadership in both Mayor Wu and Governor Healy on, on a whole host of issues. I, I, I think both uh, leaders are doing a really, really great job. Um, particularly as it relates to climate, prioritizing what needs to be done, making sure resources are available, mm -hmm. um, putting some, some t aggressive but achievable policies in place uh, will serve this well. My concern is less about our city and our, and our commonwealth. It's recognizing that we need to do more and more as a country, mm -hmm. um, and this just can't be a regional approach. It has to be broad-based. Well, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, there's been incentives that have put, been put in place, uh, including... Uh, for electric vehicles, yep. uh, you know, all kinds of things like that. It, talk about that a little bit about uh, you know the federal government where you yeah. see where you see them being at on this. And of course, this is a critical year in the election year, and we'll see if uh, <laughs> it continues yeah, or there's a change in administrations, yeah. and then who knows? Yeah. Right? Uh, you you bring up a great point. We as environmentalists need to do a better job making the economic case on why sustainability measures make sense and why the, the time and cost of carbon yeah. over time and inaction actually yeah. will cost us a lot more. Yeah. Um, I drive an EV. It's my third EV. Yeah. I lease it. There are a number of state programs which allow for benefits so that you're paying around the same price that you mm -hmm. would with an ICE-type vehicle. Um, my wife and I put, uh, got off of gas in our house and put on heat pumps, um, which first time in my life we've ever had uh, air conditioning, which yeah. has been a game changer. Um, we were also able to, air, yeah, right? we yeah. were able to, to access, um, you know, a significant yeah. rebate from uh, Mass Saves, which saved, which was a little less than about a third of the cost that we yeah. got. Uh, so there are some really good programs. That's just anecdotally how it's benefited mm -hmm. me. I think we do need to do a better job explaining to folks how mm. they can access these rebates and make it easier. Right. We are both, you know, work in the, my wife and I both work in this industry, so we, we have some knowledge and it can be difficult for us to figure it out. But making that economic case, I think, is absolutely crucial if we're going to continue to get broad-based support. By and large, I think most folks would say, I would love to upgrade, renovate my house so that it was more energy efficient. I don't know that I can afford it. There's a number of state programs mm -hmm. which are very cost competitive. Something as simple as uh, having better insulation, which will cost pennies on the dollar, and you'll see savings mm -hmm. in your heating costs almost immediately. But there will be some pain involved in this. It won't be, it, it's not uh, uh, totally cost neutral. I mean, uh, you know, the cost even to convert, you know, and and maybe you know, houses is one thing, but uh, you know, just the economy is so oil dependent, yeah, so oil dependent, and we're we're still, like, I believe, the largest oil uh, producer in the world. Uh, you know, how do you think? How do we break that without? I don't know. You know. That habit. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's a great question. There will be growing pains. I, I would respectfully push yeah. back on, on terms of, of the, the cost yeah. savings. Over time, you can make a clear, compelling case that uh -huh. moving off of fossil yeah. fuels is going to save. That, that's what we're doing with vicinity with e-steam that right. we're selling. Right. We're making the economic case as well as the practical case. Um, but to your point, we need to really focus hard on renewable infrastructure. We need to build more PV array. We need to make it more cost competitive. When wind, when offshore wind comes online, we are incredibly lucky that where we are situated in New England, mm -hmm. it is the almost perfect condition for, for wind, and mm -hmm. we'll be able to harness a lot of that as we've seen mm -hmm. all over Europe, and that's going to make renewable electricity a lot more cost competitive. Right. That's a way to get buy-in. 
um, making sure resources are available, making sure that there are pathways and, and glide paths for organizations to make that transition. Well, uh, certainly, uh, <laughs> I, get, I get the calls and the knocks on the door about uh, solar, and we haven't uh, converted yet, but we've got a lot of shadows yep. there on our, on our house, yep. so I don't know exactly how that works. But I mean, even that seems to have taken, you know, uh, leaps and bounds. And of course, there's, you know, now there's uh, solar uh, fields. Yep. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's only getting better that you can do more. They have they, at the Franklin Park Zoo. They have a solar flower that actually um, that turns uh, to to mimic <laughs> not seen to that mimic yet. the sun. So you're going to yeah, be able to yeah, get yeah. a lot more. Um, but to that point, and, and I'm glad you brought up the door to door because uh, one thing that that Mayor Wu and Attorney General Campbell uh, deserve credit. They they were out front this week. There was a Globe op-ed talking about predatory lending as it relates to a predatory. Um, uh, solicitation right. as it relates to switching energy providers. In Boston, then Councilor Wu and I passed Community Choice Energy and, and Mayor Walsh at the time signed into law back in 2016 or 2017. Mm -hmm. That allows for residents of Boston to purchase up to 100% renewable energy sources for their electric bill. Mm -hmm. Um, and because the city is acting as the buying agent and leveraging that, they're able to uh, lock into very cost competitive rates six months and a year down the road. We did that knowing or believing, I should say believing because everything, you know, there was some risk involved mm -hmm. that it would save ratepayers money. And it's done just that. We're in the third year of mm -hmm. it. We've seen consistently it's actually less expensive uh, to have more renewable energy in your portfolio <laughs> if and only if you go through Community Choice Energy, which is a city run program. That's legit. Other knocks at the door that some viewers may be getting. I would yeah, steer no, clear of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, and believe me, they're out, they're out there. Well, we've got just a few minutes left. And I, I can't let you go without uh, talking some politics as, politics as well. First of all, uh, we got to talk about your, your, your former uh, uh, place of uh, employment there. Of course, uh, uh, last year was uh, you know, on the Boston City Council, of course, we're talking about, yeah. and, and uh, you might have just gotten out just I in think, time. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, became very uh, vitriolic. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm being, you know, maybe a little kind there. You I'm are there being kind. Some pretty uh, uh, nasty comments made and insinuations, and uh, it didn't reflect well on the body. I, I think most people would agree. And uh, uh, what I. What, what happened there? Were you surprised at that? I mean, um, everybody seemed yeah. to get along when you were there. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised, um, and I was, I was deeply disappointed. Yeah, I am a fervent um, supporter of the city council. It's a body that uh, seldom would get the respect that I thought it deserved. Mm -hmm. And we can all remember, you and I are students of sure. history of oh. counselors throwing <laughs> ashtrays across the, the chamber at one another, or, or of course, some Fred, legendary Fred, characters. Fred Langone, yeah. now Dapper yeah, now. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, what I am incredibly lucky to have experienced was, I think, and I'm not saying this because I was a member, I'm saying this because of my colleagues, really the gold standard of the council in the 2010s, where you, and, and you can only look at some of the people with whom I served, now Mayor Wu, now Congresswoman Presley, now Attorney General Campbell, not unnoticed that it's particularly so many women of color who came in and joined mm -hmm. the body at that mm -hmm. time, who've gone on to, to continue some great work. Um, we didn't always agree, but we worked well together. We respected mm -hmm. one another. We tried to hammer out disagreements in a respectful 
constructive way. And we made the body, I think, more relevant um, than it had been. We pushed some really aggressive legislation. We worked together. Uh, we built coalitions, and that was important. So like many folks, I was incredibly disappointed to see how things devolved um, uh, over the last couple of years. It's an important role. Being a city mm -hmm. councilor is the first line of defense um, for so many folks. And it's a job that you can absolutely make a difference. Yeah. So I am heartened to see just in the brief month or so of this new body that I think you're seeing a, a reno, re, uh, refocused attention to collaboration, to constituent service, to working on big issues. So, so I still have a, uh, high hopes for the body, but um, because it is that important. And yeah. it's good for the people of Boston. Right. Nobody wants um, a council that's going to vote in lockstep and, and you know not get stuff mm -hmm. done. People want yeah. to have ideas flushed out and yeah. debated respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you miss it? But you can't cross that line. Do I, I you know, <laughs> I, I loved every minute of it, um, but I really love what I'm doing now, and I love that yeah. I get to stay involved, yeah. you know, right. uh, as a and private citizen. You have a citizen. family, you have a beautiful young yeah. daughter, yeah. and uh, you. Uh, you get to spend some time. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, of course, you, you served with Mayor Wu. How's she doing, in your opinion? Not just on, on energy, not yeah. just on climate. Uh, uh, how's she doing? I think she's, she's doing uh, great. She's uh, staked out some fairly progressive positions yeah. and seems to be holding to them. Yeah. But, uh, I think is there, uh, you know how the pendulum works here in Boston? Uh, does yeah. it swing back? Does it? Uh, well, I think, I, I, so in all candor, I think, I think Mayor Wu's doing a great job. Yeah. I think being the mayor of a major American city is the hardest oh, job you can have right terrible. now on the planet, by oh, far. Oh, yeah. Um, and as, again, you know, we're, we're coming out of a pandemic. There's so much going on. There's worries mm -hmm. about certain funding mechanisms that may dry up. Yeah. So it's a hard job. I think she's doing exceptionally well. Um, and to your point, I think what I appreciate about her, and I'm not surprised having worked with her and sat next mm -hmm. to her for so long, is she's not afraid to take on tough issues. Yeah. Um, which is important when you're chief executive of a city, you need to, yeah. you need to. So I think she's well, doing very well. Well, those are all tough decisions to be made. And, uh, you know, I, I agree, you know, that she's, you know, she's stuck with it. And yeah. uh, well, it'd be interesting to see if there's any, you know, kickback to it. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's always possible. But, boy, when you get in there, it's uh, you know, <laughs> tough to get those Indeed. people out. And how about your friend, uh, uh, Governor Healy? Uh, how's she doing now? Is she just... Uh, uh, some people would say stepped into it a little bit with uh, <clears throat> moving all the refugees uh, over to uh, the uh, rec the center there, Melania Cass. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't say she's stepped in anything. I think she is doing an exceptional job. She is one of the finest people I know. I'm proud to call her my friend. I'm lucky to call her our hmm. governor. Yeah. I remember bringing her on this show with yes, you. Gosh, I, I think remember. she was a candidate yes. for attorney general back in those days. And uh, she's done great. Um, again, she has an incredibly hard job. She's assembled a whip smart team. She's engaged. She's checked in on me on a number of initiatives. Mm -hmm. I know she's she's got a great partnership with local elected officials. Mm -hmm. She's involved, um, and and you know the issue. It, I think she handled it right um, relative to some of the refugees, and it, it's disheartening to see an action happening from right. Washington. We yeah. need Washington to get this right. Um, well, and the cost is you know yeah significant significant, significant. to say the least absolutely. You know? Um, and we need a, we need a, a workable long-term solution. The, the Melania, Melania Cass siting mm -hmm. is, is a temporary solution, you know, for the next couple of months. But um, 
I would give both both our, our governor and our, our mayor uh, very high marks, mm -hmm. and, and uh, I think uh, we'll continue to watch well, them and root well, for them. And we've got just a minute or two left here, but you know, in talking about the whole refugee situation, uh, uh, some people saying it, it, it's costing uh, you know uh, President Biden, yeah. uh, you know, uh, politically, and of course, uh, when you have somebody on the other side who's <laughs> Uh, you know, a bit of a demagogue, not a bit of a mm. demagogue on, on that issue in and of itself. So, but uh, looking into your crystal ball here, Matt, uh, how do you see the uh, presidential race shaking out? Well, are, are, I, you, are you nervous? I know you're. Of course, you're, I'm nervous. You're, you're, I don't you're, think any. You're, any... Uh, you're a dyed and wool <laughs> Democrat, yeah, no, uh, and I'm yeah. a big supporter of our president. Yeah. Uh, any anyone who lived through the 2016 election and yeah. isn't nervous is uh, right. is on yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we're always nervous. Listen, I think um, I think history is going to be incredibly kind to President Biden. I think he's doing a good job. I mm -hmm. think and hope and uh, pray that he will win. Um, and we're going to have to wait and see as the as the weeks and but, months. But uh, yeah, it is a scary time. And, yeah. And and just the the way the you know political climate has talked about devolved. Uh, you know, it's become very nasty, yeah. and and uh, makes it uh, makes it tough. You know, to it makes it tough for constituents yeah. across the board. Right. Uh, you know, um, and it I think prevents good people from running for office. So mm -hmm. there's really two two big downsides of this current climate. It's never been. I don't think polit politics has been this. Uh, divided certainly in our yeah. in our lifetime, yeah. and uh, I am hopeful. I am ever the optimist that things will um, settle down. People will be able to get back to that mindset of disagreeing and fighting it. You know, figure liter mm -hmm. figuratively. You know, fighting on for what they believe in, but at the end of the day, trying to. Um, find compromise yeah. and, and, and lower the temperature a yeah. little bit. Well, we got to hope so. Uh, you know, and a lot of times in the past, at least it's. It's uh, various crises that have yeah. erupted that have you know required people to pull together and, yeah. and maybe uh, you know who knows maybe maybe climate change is the one that does maybe. it uh, you never know but yeah. uh, Matt O'Malley nice to have you here Joe. nice to see you uh, come back and see us again don't be a stranger I will yeah no, no. And, and we're so grateful how many years have you been doing this uh, now? I started in ninety six believe it or not so yeah, so whatever that is what's yeah, that uh, twenty seven years almost thirty years and yeah. you you are an institution Ooh. in this town and we're just sometimes grateful. I wonder Matt but uh, anyway I, I I love doing it and I love talking to people like you and uh, I love seeing people like you involved so uh, well back at you even though you're not uh, in the public sector anymore. I know you, you'll keep uh, pulling us in the right direction. Yeah. So thanks for everything you do. Very kind. Uh, when we come back, well, well more politics. Uh, joining me, the, uh, the Brothers Worrell, uh, for lack of a better term. We're talking about uh, uh, City Councilor Brian Worrell and his brother, uh, State Representative Christopher Worrell. And we'll talk with them about uh, how do they manage this, uh, their siblings uh, being in office at the same time, all that and more, when we return with more of Talk of the Neighborhoods. Stay tuned.
Thanks Great for having you. Incredible women. I wish they had those kind of cool careers for women when we were growing up. So in this flashback, we're all the same age? Yeah. What does everyone want to be when they grow up? If I say two jobs, do I get extra credit? No. I want to make immersive video games. I want to revolutionize 3D printing. I want to analyze data from the cloud. I want to be a meteor. You mean meteorologist. No. That's great, Al. Follow your dreams. For the record, I was a baby in the 70s. Have you ever seen somebody treated unfairly because of the color of their skin? Do you guys know what it means to have white privilege? What is racism and what do you think about it? Talk to young children about what racism is, giving them the language to understand it. They can be disruptors. They can shape and shift culture. We may not always know the answer, but we'll try and help you learn. You don't have to have all the answers, but that doesn't mean we can't start. Do you love sports? Then you should know about STEM. Because maximizing nutrition, analyzing peak muscle performance, calculating the perfect shot, and more are all made possible by science, technology, engineering, and math. In fact, there are more careers than ever in sports science. So if you have a passion for sports, then think about getting involved in STEM and improve everyone's game on and off the field. Get inspired at SheCanSTEM.com. I'm a first-generation Filipino-American. You don't always feel you're a part of the country you live in. It's this weird middle space sometimes that you have to, to live inside of. But when you meet others that are also living in that space, you'll learn to know that that is its own unique space, too. over your head. You gotta stop with that depression stuff. That's a white people thing. You all right? It just feels like it's coming from everywhere. Do you want to talk about it? You can talk to me if you're feeling sad. Whenever you need to talk, I'm here, okay? All right, we're back with more of Talking to the Neighborhoods. I'm Joe Heisler, your host. Tonight, uh, all politics, as is our usual want. And uh, in this second half, uh, uh, pleased to have joining me uh, two brothers who just so happen to both be elected officials here in the city of Boston. 
And uh, so we're, they're the brothers Worrell. I'm talking, of course, uh, uh, Brian Worrell, who's a Boston City Councilor from uh, District 4, uh, first elected in 2021. And of course, Chris Worrell, uh, Christopher, uh, uh, state rep for the fifth Suffolk. Did I have that right? Yes, I think sir. that's right. Yeah. In the 2022. Uh, yeah. Guys, welcome. Nice to have you both here. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having yeah. us. It's an honor to be here. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's great. So uh, I, I got to ask you now, uh, sorry, you were elected first, Brian, but uh, uh, was this something that when you were kids, you were like uh, talking about it and going, let's see, uh, you know, someday that's going to be us. Someday we're going to be in office, calling the shots, uh, helping people out, uh, helping constituents. Well, we had great role models in our family, our grandparents. Um, they showed us you know, the power of the village um, and they had a strong work ethic. Um, and they believed in hard work and all we wanted to do um, growing up was to give back and to help our community. Uh, we've done so in a few other ways, whether it was through small businesses, um, mm -hmm. whether it was through church, um, and this is just another way that we're giving back to our community that's believed so much in us. And, and where, where did you grow up? Where was your... Uh, Dorchester, yeah. born and raised. Oh, yeah. There and, we and, and the counselor could speak for himself. When, <laughs> when he got elected, I was like, I need to get elected. That's my big brother. Huh? He's going to make fun of he me. No, holding yeah. it over me, right? Yeah, you can't hold nothing over me. But, um, yeah, just giving back to the community. And we work so well together. Um, I, you know, know. I knew you, I, you, you've got a, a joint office, yes. if, uh, a yeah. district office, yeah. and I, I know there's several things you're working on. I want to talk more about that, but yeah. I, I want... Uh, any uh, sibling rivalry here? Uh, um, I, you, did you yeah. always get along uh -huh. when you were, yo when uh, you were younger? And, I'm the older brother, yeah. so a rivalry will have to have <laughs> someone winning. Um, but... but uh, this competition, we play to each other's strength, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, it, and it's always great to see what um, my brother's doing and, and taking that to a whole yeah. nother level on the state, yeah. oh, on yeah. the state side. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like at family gatherings, uh, you know? Uh, my, my dad loves to poke the bear. So my dad, <laughs> I remember when I first got elected, it was Thanksgiving, and my dad acts, you know, we have aunts, uncles, mom, um, and just my family, um, my brother's family, he's like, Who's more important? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Right, huh? Exactly. Well, how is it that you decided to run? Take us back. Uh, and uh, Brian, you were elected first. So what what prompted you to run? Let's see. That was the year that uh, yeah. uh, George Floyd. Uh, yep. Right. And uh, a lot of that. Um, a lot of people were talking about equity, um, reforming the system. Um, I have. Um, yeah, Always I, wanted to invest in our you know, community. Yeah. I believe our community is very talented, um, but that talent goes unseen because of the lack of investment. Mm -hmm. um, so when the opportunity, when the, when the open seat uh, made itself right. available. Andrea Campbell, she yep. really gave up her seat to run for uh, To run off. for mayor, right. yep. Um, and now she's our attorney yeah, general. There we go. Um, and that <laughs> Maybe opportunity. Maybe that's a good came sign. Up. Yeah. I don't know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt. <laughs> so yeah, no. It, uh, that seat came open, and um, my work in the community and wanting to give back. Yeah. I wanted to see how do we make sure that our systems, our yeah. schools, our city hall is making sure that the support, the resources, yeah. are able to produce. Um, Ta our talent 
at the level that, it, um, that we aspire to be, right? So instead of having hopes and dreams, we need to make sure that our dreams are created into reality. So I ran to fix the systems um, that have been broken for our community um, and to make sure that the investment mm -hmm. comes back into our neighborhoods that have been underinvested yeah. for far too long. And that was a big field, if I remember right. So it was, you, you really... Uh, yeah, it was th uh, 13, a field yeah, of 13. Yes, oh yeah. Um, a lot of well-known yeah. names yeah. here in the city of Boston, yes. Yes. Um, past elected officials uh, were in that race, but what we believed in was groundwork. Uh, we believed in not only just asking people for the vote, but delivering results. We wanted to make sure that people had a city government that they could feel and touch mm -hmm. um, and was going to deliver for them. Um, and that's how we ran our campaign, and that's how we wanted to be. As uh, I think that's so important, especially at the district level. So, Chris, you must have said, God, if he can get elected, uh, <laughs> you know what? So I always started off and loved, loved how the state maneuvered. Started off with Senator Nick Collins oh, yes. as director of constituent oh, yes. services yeah, yeah. and loved how um, being a state rep, state senator, and how it worked for the whole Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, and also advocating for uh, my community and doing it in such a way where you could bring tangible results, bringing earmarks, fundings, and, and just, you know, pulling on and rallying people. I love to rally people. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm one out of 160, and to get something mm -hmm. passed, you yeah. need that 159. Yeah. Yeah, so I love it. talking. I love wheeling and dealing. I love how the state house work. And what made me run is because I was the guy in the community that always connected the dots. I was always in local businesses just seeing how everything uh, was structured and trying to um, pull, you know, this pizza shop to get with this pizza shop and to do something together mm -hmm. and um, trying to bring this resources any which way I could. I tried to do that. So when the seat uh, was open, uh, when Senator Miranda said she's running for Senate, right. um, the seat was open and decided this is a match made in heaven. This is it. This, this is, is the it. time. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Well, and and now, and now, talk a little bit about uh, you know how you're able to to work together the two of you because uh, that's a unique situation. A lot of times uh, with uh, politicians, even those that know each other well, there's uh, you know there's a, you know, a lot of uh, yeah. uh, you know sharp elbows and people you know looking to get over on people. But you guys uh, seem to. Uh, and for obvious reasons, but you know, not all siblings get along. So, no, so you know. it's Brian. He's 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 my older brother by three years. Uh -huh. I'm I want to say that on the record again. So <laughs> no one asked who's older. Brian is older by three years. Um, um, you know, in three years, every time you know I came into middle school, he was the eighth grader. I came into high school, he was a senior. Mm -hmm. And with that, we always had a a bond, like. Yeah. He was always that big brother that looked out for yeah. me. And with that yes. bond, it, it created something amazing. We started businesses together on the entrepreneur side. We, we um, coached basketball together. We did a whole lot of things together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they just spilled out like we work very well together. Even yeah. though we might argue, yeah. at the end of the day, we're still brothers. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same mom, same dad, right. same aunt, same yeah. sister, same everything. And um, this is the reason why it makes this job so much easier because yeah. I can count on someone 
to, to always have my back and iron and always sharpens iron. It's very inspiring. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, there's a obvious advantages of working. Any disadvantages of uh, uh, having your... Yes. There's no real disadvantage. Because I, I think, you know, in government, um, people might think you know something just because your brother is privy to it. Right. And oh, okay. We don't... Right. We... We talk, but we don't right, like. Right. This is what Joe said. This is what everything said. We don't do that. We yeah, just keep I'm it. Just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, well, and Brian, you just uh, got uh, appointed to uh, uh, a very important position on the council. Was the uh, uh, chairman of Ways and Means uh, responsible for putting together the uh, FY twenty five budget for the city of Boston? Yeah. Well, the mayor will submit her suggestions, but uh, and now the council has some newfound. Powers right. uh, even around budgeting. Uh, right. How are you feeling about that? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, well, yeah. No, I mean it's a it's a lot of responsibility, right. um, and I want to attack. I'm looking forward to tackling it head on. We've been doing a lot of work um, on the people's budget, um, and our goal is to make sure that the process is smooth, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that our the public's voices is being reflected um, in where the dollars are being spent. Um, but then also making sure that, you know, that budget, which is our budget, is easily understood by all of our constituents. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be able to pick up a book, the budget book and understand what you're reading, where your tax dollars are going to or go into a website and understand clearly how your dollars are being spent. So I'm looking forward um, to being engaging um, on this process, process with the budget. Uh, but also making sure that we're getting mm -hmm. uh, what the public wants out of this budget. Uh, you uh Comfortable with working with uh, Mayor Wu? Yeah, no, um, I, I'm now, very she, comfortable. She ascended to uh, the uh, you know mayor's chair at the same time you were coming in as a right. as a counselor. But. Yeah, no, very comfortable. And her administration has been a pleasure to work with. Um, so I lead on uh, I, you know I lead on collaboration. <laughs> I think that's where um, that's how things are made and developed and moved along. So always willing to collaborate. So having as many meetings um, and to have a clear understanding on how to move the people, uh, the budget forward, um, mm -hmm. and the city forward yeah. is where I'm always going to be. And uh, Chris, you know, of course, uh, working with the uh, with uh, Governor Healy and the legislative leadership, some of the top people in the House are from Boston. From uh, Boston. Does that give you? Uh, 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 easier, <laughs> easier to get there here. Uh, how are you? It, how are you? How's that working out for you? How, it's it's always good to have leadership close to your district. Yes, it <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, very, very yeah. good. And 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 it's um, you know, I mean, you're right in between uh, Quincy, uh, exactly. you know, uh, North, North End, End and Brighton, and, and Brighton, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's always good that you could have. Um, those people to call on mentorship mm -hmm. and you know they've been it, there for a while so I have a great relationship with the um, Aaron Mike chair Michaelowitz Lita Moran yeah. and uh, speaker Mariano yeah yes. well um, what guys we've got a few minutes left I want to, let's talk about what your priorities here are coming up here Chris Ryan we start with you what are you what are you working on what are you hoping to accomplish this is an election year for you. I'm assuming you're running for re-election? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. I'm yeah. running for re-election. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yes, <laughs> there it is. I was a surprise. <laughs> so one thing, and, and we're showing, this is how important this bill is because this is the first of many of um, Council Warrell filing something. 
um, on city in the city hall chambers and passing it to me, right. and I'm you know now making it law and making it, making it happen. Yeah. That's 250 liquor license. Oh yes. Uh, for 10 zip codes across the um, city of Boston, the 02124, right. the 02129s. Is that a home rule petition? It's a home rule petition. petition. Now, um, now we have it came out of committee yeah. and it's uh, moving favorably um, out of committee and hopefully very soon mm -hmm. we'll be having 250 liquor licenses. And this is in areas of the city that didn't are disproportionately not having liquor right. license. Yeah. One of the testimonies, I'm on um, consumer protection and professional licenses. One of the testimonies that really touched me was an 80 year old woman that said, in order for me to drink a glass of wine, I have to take two buses and a train to hang out with my friends, to eat and drink a glass of wine. <laughs> and she lives in Roxbury. Wow. Yeah, so we just want to make sure our community is vibrant. Great. Our community has, you know, building generational wealth. Some people think 250 liquor license. I think 250 opportunities to build right. generational wealth. Businesses, right? Yes. Uh, uh, and and uh, Brian, I, well, you've got probably a lot on your plate, but, uh, and I know you, you know, uh, between capital budget and, and operational budget, there's a lot to right. to talk about. But what do you what's your, what's your uh, what do you hope to accomplish this year? Yeah, this year uh, definitely leading a smooth budget process, um, making sure that we continue getting historical investments inside of District Four. Uh, we were able to receive that in our last budget cycle, um, but also continue to lead on economic opportunity, um, as Rep. Worrell said. Uh, we passed the two, um, 250 liquor licenses um, on the city council unanimously. Also, community health, um, just making sure that we're looking at public safety um, and ensuring that the investments to, you know, root out the causes that lead um, to violence um, um, and poverty um, is rooted out in our, mm -hmm. in our community and making sure that the supports are there. That's right. That's right. Um, and then also education. Uh, want to make sure that we continue to lead on education because our, our young people are our future. And the more that we invest mm -hmm. in them, the brighter our future is. Well, you know, and you're talking about the uh, law enforcement thing. I, I saw uh, that uh, you just said, uh, and you put it, uh, you brought it forward, but uh, a tough vote here on this, uh, the uh, police intelligence uh, uh, budget that got delayed last year, I guess. What, right. was, the, what was the difference? What was the the key to turning that around. Yeah, um, just getting information out to our colleagues. Yeah. Um, you know, these, budget, um, these grants, you know, $13 million, right. um, a lot of people have a lot of questions. Yeah. They contain um, a lot of information and they address, yeah. you know, a wide variety of, of topics, whether it's training, whether it's the purchase of um, equipment, and colleagues, you know, just want to have um, information. <coughs> Yep. So, you know, when you receive 727 uh, um, pages back of information, you just want time to review right, it, yeah. right? And sometimes that review might lead to right. more questions. So just making sure that all questions are answered because our responsibility is, you know, the checks and balances. Right. Well, and government. especially in the post-George Floyd era, so to speak, you know, right. I, I, I you know, think people are, you know, somewhat skeptical on that. How do, how do you think uh, the police commissioner is doing here in, in uh, you know, talking about trying to... Yeah. Um, uh, how do you think he's been doing, guys? Yeah, no, I, I think, I I think, think um, Commissioner Cox is doing a great right? job. Yeah. Um, has a few great initiatives. Yeah. Um, the rank-and-file police officer, I believe the last class was the most diverse class. 
um, in the city of Boston. So um, encourage, you know, what he's doing. Uh, he believes in getting the police officers out of their cars, communicating yeah. Yeah. Um, to our residents and our store owners to make sure that people know who their, you know, police officer mm -hmm. is. So I, I love the work of Commissioner Cox, and I think the BPD is understanding yeah. what is expected out of him. Well, especially what he went through. Of course, yeah. he was uh, right. assaulted uh, yeah. right. himself right. And, and had to sue uh, the city to uh, uh, get reparations or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, right. to be made whole on that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting uh, yeah. how the, uh, the world has changed. Are, are you feeling positive about uh, what's going on in the city uh, uh, these days, uh, yeah, I, I I love what's going on in the yeah. city. Um, we're getting re record amount of money um, funding, uh, city and statewide. Mm -hmm. uh, even though we, we we took a little cut um, with the nine C cuts, yeah. there, we're we're still working through, and things are happening uh, great. We have some of the most we have the most uh, black and Latino caucus members with twenty four um, throughout the whole Commonwealth. Um, love what's going on in the state, love what's going on in the city. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to agree with the rep. Um, there's so many investments and new initiatives yeah. that are speaking to the problems that we hear coming into yeah. our district office. Um, and a lot of those issues that are now being invested in, right, um, and solutions are, um, and new programs are being stood up, mm -hmm. is because of the representation uh, that we have either on the state side or the city side, or even our mayor, right? right. Uh, we're bringing a host new set of lens, um, and, a, and a lot of people um, are starting to advocate more and, and letting their voice be heard yeah. to our, our elected officials. And what, what about the refugee crisis now? Are you, and not to, yeah. just, how, how is that, uh, uh, is it affecting your uh, district? How is it being, I saw where they just moved, you know, some of the, uh, or they're getting ready to move uh, families from the airport to uh, Melnia Gas, the recreation center. I don't know if that's yeah. in your district. So it's right outside my I district. Say, just so out. one thing that um, my brother and I, the counselor, one thing that we do is make sure that we're accessible and we make sure that um, people could touch and feel. As government, mm -hmm. you could touch and feel. Yeah. And the only thing that we're hearing from community is, you know, the timeline of them hearing that this was going to happen. Yes, I'm not telling anyone, right. you know, and black people cannot come to Dorchester right. Roxbury. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do need to help yeah. people, yeah. yes. But just as far as the government part of the timeline that everything was rolled out to, yeah. like I like to, you know, yeah. hey, Joe, what's going on? <laughs> this is what's going on, Joe. Tomorrow, <laughs> I'm coming over exactly. to your house. Exactly. Yeah. Not, right. In 12 hours, this is what's happening. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. so More that, that's all it is. I think we, we're, we're a loving community in mm -hmm. the fifth Suffolk, and it's, it, come on. Yeah. Come on. As long as everyone's taking their, their share of work, the Wellesleys, the New Ends, the Springfields, mm -hmm. and the Berkshires, um, we could take our share of the work as well. Well, you know, politics has gotten, uh, certainly on the national level, but, uh, you know, very uh, uh, nasty at times. And, but sometimes you can see it on the, you know, the local level. Right. You know, at the council right. last year was not, a, you know, I don't right. think a, a pleasant experience for a lot of people there. But, uh, uh, and some people giving up hope, you know what right. I mean, for lack of a better term. And, uh uh, this is an important year, uh, you know, I think, uh, for you know, kind of uh, right. seeing where we're at yeah, and where we're right. going, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's important, though, to, you know, keep, you know, pushing 
pushing, pushing, and, right. and uh, you know, you guys, you're doing great work. You know, Thank you, you, Thank you, 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 you need, you need more people yeah. like you. You know, it, 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 it means you know? a lot. And, yeah. And, and one thing again, we just try to be um, government. You can touch and feel. That's why it was so important yeah. to open up a district office. That's why it's so important that we're always in the community, always making. Yeah. Um, hearing the voices of the people. Right. How's that working out? People coming in and saying, hey, uh, hey, Chris, uh, hey, Brian, oh, wait a minute. Uh. I got the funniest story. We, we did a, um, a program at, at a church for yeah. Where, Where's your adults. office, your district office? Five right. Airy Street, right. Yeah. Okay. right next to the world-famous Vaughn's Fish and oh, Chips. Yeah, we so open Monday, Monday on Friday, 12 to 6. Yeah, oh, Monday through Friday, 12 to 6. Beautiful. So um, we're doing an event, and um, the organizers are doing a flyer. So we sent over our pictures, and the lady who's doing the flyer like, you gave me the same picture two times. <laughs> so it was like, no, we didn't. And he's like, they look just alike. <laughs> so it's a lot of, hey, Council Warrell, hey, uh, I don't know if you get Representative <laughs> Warrell. So, yeah, no, one time when I was knocking doors with him, um, um, this lady came out and thought, thought he was my father. <laughs> wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Thought he was my father. So, yeah, sometimes I get that. But um, no, it, it's awesome. And um, like, like the rep said, we want to just make sure that we're delivering. Mm -hmm. And that's why, yeah. you know, we do turkey drives. Um, we do um, fire displacement drives to make sure that people understand what, yeah, what their elected that. officials that. That was a, can, yeah. can do. And I think that those tangible um, you know, items that we could give to people mm -hmm. or they could see their park mm -hmm. being developed or they could get a turkey mm -hmm. in their hand or they could get a home, home ownership voucher to go and buy a house. Like those are the things that encourage people to be civically engaged and right. let them know that you know, local government is working for and, them. And, and not only that, we're, we're also honoring the people that came before us. Right. Um, alongside us, um, the Kraft Foundation and Grove Hall Main Street, we honor 212 uh, black women from our community. Yeah. If you drive down Blue Hill Ave, you'll see their banners waving, um, you know, honoring uh, the people mm -hmm. that did it before us. And also, um, we're Valentine's Day um, honoring our seniors. Yeah. We're, we got a, um, a Valentine's Day Love, live, and lunch. Laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. We're honoring the seniors. Yeah. We're making sure everyone feels loved, and um, you know, looking at the people who were here before us, making sure they were honored, and also delivering for our community. And not, and not only our seniors, but we do youth engagement yes. as well. We have a youth council um, where we just go and talk to these, see what's on their mind, see what their priority priorities are, and let them use our platform to to amplify um, their message. Well, that's not only we did with the youth. We did um, a lacrosse, 350 um, <laughs> kids from Boston. We gave them all sticks to play lacrosse, taught yeah. them a one-day clinic, and we did an initiative called Guns Down, Gloves Up, teaching them boxing Correct. and the discipline of boxing. And then we're also on our third annual uh, <laughs> heat wave uh, youth event. Th this is, uh, where, this uh, is where it gets. <laughs> well, you two are a powerful example, I, I would say, and, and you know, a credit to your, your community, you certainly your family, yes. and to each other. And so, uh, guys, you. keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Brian, yes. uh, nice to have you here. The Brothers Worrell. Uh, uh, if you see him at City Hall, Brian, at the State House, uh, uh, Christopher, say hi to him, uh, working uh, hard. And of course, uh, in this election year, we'll, we'll 
likely to see uh, Chris out yes. on the streets uh, working that as well. Thank you both for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having uh, us. You're watching Talk of the Neighborhoods here on the Boston Neighborhood Network. And we're here tonight and every Thursday night at the same time. We'll be back next week. Until then, for the entire staff and crew here at BNN, thank you for watching. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.